Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Monday? I'm pretty good, Dennis. Um, it's a nice wintry January time in the in the year, but uh, this year is going to be a little different because we're going to go to. Is it next week? We go to Vegas. Uh, I think we'll have one more recording of the show before we talk about that. Uh, but I'm looking yeah, forward to I, it. So my January is broken I up will, with that. I will be in Las Vegas next Monday, but I don't think you will yet. Yeah. You're, you're scouting out the location for us. Is that what you're doing? Making sure it's all it's all sure, good. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going back to the to the RV park there. So I'm there two weeks, the week preceding and the week following the festivities. I think I, I'd mentioned Vegas has never been like on my, you know, must-see pl- places. Um, but, right. you know, I have – a couple friends who absolutely love it. And um, while some listeners here may be surprised to hear me say this, like I don't know a lot that I would want to do out there. Gambling is fine and I have a little bit of fun, but that'll last me an hour and, and then all my money's gone. Um, and then the uh, shows, I don't have a ton of shows that I would necessarily want to see, but there is a magic show we're going to go see. I'm excited about that. Um, uh, but besides that, you know, the spectacle is a little interesting, but we're going out there with a bunch of friends. And I think that's going to be, that's the most exciting part for me is like going to this cool place far away with a whole bunch of us. And that, that's, that to me is what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how about yourself? You, uh, where are you at? You see, you're on between here and Vegas. Where are you at? What's a update for Dennis? Um, I'm back in Arizona. Um, I'm somewhere, if you know the region at all, I'm somewhere between Phoenix and Lake Havasu, um, about an hour and a half west of Phoenix. Um, so I'm down, partially down out of the mountains. Um, actually had a, a little bit of, I'm going to say have a little bit of fun. This is a weird thing. Like normally when I'm driving, um, I keep Google Maps open all the time. Um, but because so much of my drive back from Indiana was just stay on I-40 for 500 more miles, um, I have an app that shows my altitude um, based on GPS data, which doesn't show in maps or whatever. I don't know. Yes. Does um, it seem like a, a common thing for most people, but people who travel a lot not. like you? Pro- Probably not. And I don't remember where I was, why I downloaded it, but I had it on my phone. And so I opened it up a couple times just to see like what we were doing when it's not, um, you know, when it's not really obvious um, that we're going up or down. I was like, are we, are we dropping? Are we going? And then through some of those mountain passes, I was like, wow, we're really like every second I'm going down like five feet. Like that's a really steep. I mean, you can, you know, you could feel it in the car, but you don't, it's not the same, you know, when you're moving um, pretty fast. And it's, and it's not always clear. Like I, before the holidays, I went from an RV park in Yuma, Arizona, which is basically sea level. It's like 130 feet above sea level to a park up in a place called Verde Valley, which is um, about halfway between Phoenix and Flagstaff, 
where even down in the valley, it was like 3,000 feet. So I went from, you know, it not really being that warm, but I had to open all my windows and stuff during the day in, in Yuma to up in Verde Valley, like it was freezing that, you know, I had to drip my faucet to keep the the water from freezing, um, my hose and all of that. Um, where I'm at now is about 2000 feet. I don't know if I said that. So it's not, I think tonight or tomorrow night, it might drop below freezing a little bit, right? Where it's like the low is 30 instead of 35 or, or 40, uh, Fahrenheit. And yeah. So anyway, the, the, um, the park I'm staying at now is where I left my camper, uh, over the holidays. I left it here for two weeks, which was a little, I don't want to say nerve wracking. I mostly didn't think about it, but there were times during the like three and a half day drive back here where I was like, boy, I really hope nothing went wrong. And I took, I told the you know, the managers, whatever, at the park that I was going to be gone. So I hoped that if, you know, like there was some crazy flood or, um, not that, I don't know, like it's dry up here, but, um, you know, Arizona is mostly desert, but there are definitely places, um, where there are hills and things and, and bridges or low points in the road where there are signs like, this is a flash flood, you know, spot. Don't drive across this when it's flooded. Um, and I'm like, okay, do they get water? And it must be like snow melt from the mountains or something like that. I don't really know. Um, but anyway, I was like, I hope if anything super tragic happened to my camper while I was gone, that the park would have called me. Um, and it didn't, everything was fine. Um, got here and set everything up because I had all of my stuff that I normally put outside the camper. I kept right. all inside so it was secure. Um, yeah, those flash floods out west even, that's kind of a, a thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was raining pretty hard when I left. Like, I had to switch shoes because there were like puddles while I was loading stuff into the, the car before I left. But anyway, uh, made it back here. No, no crises. It's the weather is not great. I mean, it's warm. It's not freezing. It's getting, you know, four, 35, 40 at night, but not really getting above 50 during the day and very windy. Um, I think this is just a kind of flat spot where most of the other RVs, RVers here at this, at this park have like four wheelers and side by sides, whatever. I'm, I'm not in that world at all, but, mm-hmm. um, Anyway, it's windy here <laughs> and cold, <laughs> well, the, but not as not as cold as it is in Indiana, probably. Well, and, I, and also, like I guess out, out east, it's you know we've got a lot of um, snowstorms are hitting these days, and uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so it's it's got to be cool or not cool, but you know, like cool to be out to be out west during this time. Kind of it was, and it's a good idea for uh, someone like you to say, hey, I'm I'm pulling up my my tent and heading out west and living out where it's a not ridiculously cold where I'm bundling up on my way to the from the, the garage into the, the house. Yeah, yeah. There was no there was no snow in Indiana when I left. And there's been some snow, snow, but not nothing sticking. So we're 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 lucky. Yeah. I didn't see snow until I got to New Mexico, which is 
odd, but I went across the top of um, Texas, pr- pretty close to Route 66. So yeah. it goes um, from Chicago to L.A. Um, all across I-40, across the north of um, New Mexico and Arizona, is way up in the mountains. Like, we stopped at a... Um, not national park, but a national, uh, it's called something else, um, where there are like caves where Pueblo Indians used to live. Um, oh, cool. And that's, that's at like 7,000 feet elevation. Wow. So wow. we went on this short little walk. I took the dog with me and even though it was not a very long walk, I took water anyway, because I'm like... This is there's not a lot of oxygen up here. <laughs> well, I always I always like to think about those things like uh, you were talking about the elevations and how quickly and steep it goes up and things. And it makes me think of like the old game, the Oregon Trail. And mm. when I was in you know, elementary school, learning about people going traveling out west in the U.S. Um, and I just can't imagine you can, I, when I see the Great Plains, I can imagine people taking wagons across it. You definitely can. It's hard to imagine here in Indiana where there's the woods are crazy thick and there's big hills and valleys and ravines and things. But sure, I get it. Sure. I get it from when you go out to the Great Plains. And then you hit some of those elevations like you're hitting where they're like, oh, yeah, here's a mountain. <laughs> you got to get to the other side of it. Uh, or, yeah. or just even a steep inclines that they have that are going up to 7,000 feet eventually. And you're like, how did those people – how do they do it? That's – some either bravery or craziness that that they used to do back then. So or yeah, or desperation for desperation, out whatever. Yeah, um, out there in the Great Plains, a little barren forever, and you hope and get to the other side. And you know, mm-hmm. I what I know, you know, California, it's it kind of is the you you get the uh, the other was it the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow type thing. Not that I'm kind of necessarily touting all of California, but it is a state that has a large variety of stuff with the ocean and things. Hell, the whole West Coast kind of does. So I get their, their drive to go out there. Uh, okay, so moving on to our show today. Um, we got a couple things to talk about through here, so we're going to go through them. Well, these two things real quick, I'll say, and then we'll go into the stuff that take a little bit longer. I, I'm watching Deep Space Nine. I made a New Year's resolution. I'm not sure if I've said that on air. I've start watching Deep Space Nine in its entirety since I've not seen it. Star Trek show. Um, I'm over halfway through, started it this last week, halfway through season one. So I'm on a good clip, okay. but I was like halfway through, you watched like a hundred episodes of deep space. Nine oh, no, week? no, there are so many. Um, I, how much PTO do you have banked up? <laughs> no, I, uh, um, you know, and, and I'm, one. Sorry. I'm casually watching it too. It's, it's, it's on when I'm in, in the room watching other stuff too. So some things I'll stop and watch. There's a Q episode and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to watch this whole thing in its entirety from, you know, start to beginning. To end, actually, it's got Vosh in it, which is a, a side character that I kind of like in the Star Trek world. Um, but which is interesting, Vosh and Q have a fling, which is so funny. Uh, but I don't, re- I don't remember Vosh. Vosh is the girl from that Picard finds on the planet. Uh, he goes to like Risa and gets pushed to go to Risa that he has to go to by all of his crew people to take a vacation. Okay. And he meets yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a girl that kind of flirts with him and she's very cavalier and very Indiana Jones-esque where she goes and steals from um, excavation sites and things. Um, she's oh, kind of a, right, right. a Han Solo character. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and she's in a couple episodes of Next Generation and she's in this one. And 
it's just great. A great thing for her character is that she's someone that finds Q and Q's like, I can sweep you off your feet, do it and take you and see the galaxy. And she's like, heck yeah, let's do it. So yeah, that was pretty great. Um, nice. so anyway, I'm liking the, I said, so like six times in a row, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm enjoying it so far. It's, I want to say something about it. That's kind of cool. Um, unlike almost all of the other Star Trek series or most any series in, in the world, Deep Space Nine doesn't seem to have a rough start. I know it's one of the last ones, if not the last one of the Trek nineties, Trek series, series besides enterprise era, uh, mm-hmm. era. And um, so they probably have it down pat by then. And they are, they start off with the Enterprise um, D being, you know, docked in there. But like the characters kind of know, the actors know what the characters are going to do. They know the world. They know all of the stuff. There's none of this, oh, they haven't found out what their character is yet. You know, or the writers are still figuring it out. This feels like right off the bat, everybody is doing their thing. And Yeah, well... Next Generation was still going, yeah. and they pick up a couple of characters from Next Gen once it ends, because it ends, I don't know the exact timeline, but like a couple seasons into Deep Space Nine is when Next Generation ends, yeah. and they pick up Worf. But right. I think they have um, O'Brien yeah, from the first start. Episode. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so unlike, um, really, I, I wouldn't put Enterprise in the in the nineties era, but like between the original series and next gen, it's like 20 years, uh, give or take. Um, is that right? Sixties, seventies, eighties. Yeah. Um, and you know, there was all this time, there were two decades for star Trek to be Kirk and Spock and the, you know, Western swashbuckling goofiness that that series was. And then next generation started with this whole new thing, right? There's families, there's children, the, captain is kind of grumpy at first and you know nothing like um nothing like the original series almost at all where yeah deep space nine spun off right in the middle of next gen so and and next gen was like i don't know five seasons in five or six seasons in like the and i think a lot of the creators came from next generation so you know, they all kind of knew what they were doing and had a plan from the beginning. Yeah, they, they, of they, they clearly did. Was. And they, yeah, they knew. And the, the linking the main commander into is it Wolf 359, like the Borg thing, um, mm. was interesting and cool. And they, they like, like you said, the writers kind of knew what they're going to do. They wanted to have this based on this thing. I haven't read anything about the background or outside of stuff, but that's the way it feels. Um, and, it's kind of cool. I, I mean, I, I'm, I am enjoying it. I'm, I know most of these characters in general, and I've seen several. Ep- this isn't my first time watching Deep Space Nine. Obviously, I've watched sure, lots of sure. episodes, but not all of them. Uh, so th- there's, um, but yeah, right off the bat, um, all the primary characters are still the ones that I know later on in the series are still very much themselves. Um, O'Brien mm-hmm. is still his kind of person, and um, Kira is the same person. I mean, I, what I mean is that seeing Riker from season one to season three is a big change. And Picard season sure. one through season three and, and all yeah, of the characters yeah. make huge changes, but not in Deep Space Nine. So this one, you kind of start off with Star Trek right off the bat. You don't have to wait. I didn't have to wait and slog through a season that's really rough <laughs> to get to something right. else. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying it, you know, 
pretty good, actually. Uh, another one I finished, Mythic Quest Season 3. I know both of us got stopped halfway through. Um, an interesting thing about it is that it doesn't really end. I don't know if they're going to have a Season 4, but it it's not really a cliffhanger either. They just kind of stop, it feels like. Um, hmm. It's kind of like Mythic Quest has this thing where it feels like there's some bigger story at play here. Like the the... the if to remind people who have not seen Mythic Quest story about a MMO, it's kind of a comedy. You call it a comedy, right? Yeah, for sure. That's uh, you know, an MMO and the development team behind it, and they're having comedy hijinks and whatnot. But there's two, and it, sometimes it gets serious. There's a couple episodes that are like, "Oh, now we're in a serious thing," which is something we really liked about it in general. Um, but it's it seems to be centered around the two main characters, Poppy and uh, Rob uh, McKelney's character. And Ian, and mm-hmm. in it, after watching three seasons and the middle thing, it feels like they have a big story of these two characters and their journey, and they're going to come to some kind of end, but we haven't seen it yet. Um, especially season three definitely feels like a filler season for that. Now, the worst part about that is I don't know if they'll have any more seasons, so you've kind of read half the book and mm-hmm. don't, that's it. You know, they're just going to end it that, which makes this the whole season three feel like a middle filler for something that's you're not feeling anything. Right. There's nothing to fill. Uh, right. The one thing I will say is they did have its uh, regular episode where they go back in time and tell a, a whole story of people that you don't even know what it has to do with this one. They tell a really good story. And then at the end, it's like, oh, it's connected to these characters this way. Um, they do another one of those and you're like, holy crap, that was a really good episode all by itself. Um, so that's what I'd give it a positive for. But overall, Mythic Quest season three was just, or yeah, season three or four, whatever it is, the most recent one was just okay. And it's going to be pretty forgettable after about a month, I think, which is unfortunate because like, right. I like generally like the characters, but it's just... You know, I don't know. It feels like there's one story there that they're telling and they're just adding extra characters. And they don't know what to do with them. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Moving past that little quick review, those quick reviews, we're going to talk about our year in review of the movies. We watched some of our tops and our not so tops um, uh, and our movie of the week. Which one do you want to go tackle first? Our movie or launch into the the, channel, the review? Um, we can talk about the movie first. Okay, let's do that. All right. This week we watched The Man from Uncle from 2015, starring many beautiful people doing spy things. Doing spy, all the spy things. Um, it- feels like this is a, a model show. It's weird. Can I say that it's weird right off the bat that it's called The Man from Uncle? And spoiler, this is about three people from Uncle or that end up in Uncle. <laughs> that that form spoilers for the end. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of, I'm sorry, jumped right into the spoiler thing there for the end. But I, I kept thinking through the whole, I actually, it was something on my mind the whole time. I was like, is Superman the man from Uncle? Is that you know who, who it is um, because he's the American agent, right? 
and then they don't actually have anything called uncle until like what the last line of the film we got a new name for you yeah. it's called uncle i'm like oh what and then they don't even explain it, uncle except in the credits when they're flashing through secret documents or something yeah this was a this was a tv show from 60 1964 to 1968 um and so this movie is a is a reboot remake of that of that show two so, top so they, agents they clearly the, expected it to have multiple movies happening here right yeah the united network command for law and enforcement so shield so no <laughs> <laughs> right it's the same that they they fight the enemies of peace particularly the forces of T-H-R-U-S-H, Thrush. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> the exact, like, I forget, I, I think I was listening to a podcast, somebody was complaining about that, like, but it's it's not a, it's a yeah, backronym, where you pick the, pick the word, and then, like, twist the, like, Patriot Act, or um, <laughs> Shield, obviously, as you said. Um, totally. That's one thing in fiction, but, like, in real life, you're like, come on. So I, I picked, um, anyway, I picked this film. Anyway, yeah. And I, 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 I had an idea that I think I remember it being from like a 60s thing. Um, there's a couple other films that were or based on TV series from the 60s. Um, um, right. I'm trying to think of one right now. I can't think of it. It's the guy with Starsky uh, and Columbo. Hutch Starsky was and one. Um, and didn't you watch Columbo? Uh, I think there was a film with that one too, right? I don't think there's been a Columbo reboot. But oh, like uh, Get yeah, Smart okay. had a movie Get with Smart. Uh, That's what Carell. I was thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of these like old TV shows had a re reboot movie. Yeah. Um, um, so that, that's this one that I, years, I had so. never seen the original, so I don't even know if it's similar or yeah. not. This was okay. So this one is definitely let's get the most attractive people we can can for a Guy Ritchie <laughs> film, and this is such a Guy Ritchie film. Um, and I like yeah Guy Ritchie films, so I'm not knocking it anyway. Uh, this. The the film, in my opinion, has uh, a very basic plot and a very basic writing, um, but sure. really good directing and beautiful actors. So every scene is <laughs> looking at how beautiful these people are and how cool the presentation is with a plot that's just kind of normal or mid, as they would say today. Um yeah, and and Would I don't you agree know, with that. I I think I agree with that, and I don't know what movie I'm thinking of. Um, the Gentleman, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I've he did seen, that one. That was one of his I've recent one. A couple. Um, th this I think this one and the Gentleman, though I might be thinking of a different Guy Ritchie film where the actors are not all English, British, like Snatch. You know, you go back yeah, to his, uh -huh. his earlier stuff. But then oftentimes, as is the case in this movie, he'll have several English actors playing Americans, doing yeah, American right. accents. Uh, in this case, Henry Cavill, um, Jared Harris, and is there one more? Well, those, it's at least those two. Those like, are the primary ones, right? They're, they're American. They're CIA, you know, agent and... and Their characters uh, are. Handler right, yeah. or or whatever the characters are. And I'm like, those are English actors. Why do you have English actors? But, but they Americans? have English parts too. And, and they, they, I, 
I mean, granted, Hugh Grant is there for that one. They also have a, right. an American person with an American accent playing a Russian person. Oh, so, Army Hammer. Army Hammer, right. He's yeah. has Ameri- he's, he's American English, and he's playing a Russian. And then you have the, the is her name Vic Vander? I can't say her, or say her last name. Uh, playing a uh, German Alicia, who barely. Alicia, yeah. Cantor. I'm probably not saying uh, that right. Who, who plays a German who I, I heard no German out of, from her accent. So the accents were like, all right, we're, we're not thinking about that. It's not that kind of movie kid type stuff thing. At least if, yeah, that's, what, that's what I made it felt I, like. I think that actress is Swedish. And so she has. The, there's an accent to her English, but it's not German. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but that was, again, felt like superfluous to the entire point of the movie, which was just watching these very stylish people be very stylish the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. Right. He, she's a – for example, she's a German mechanic. Like I don't know if she's a super mechanic, but she seems to – she got recruit oh, – spoilers. She got kind of recruited for something. At the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. And – she gets recruited and all of a sudden just become is a super spy instantly by proxy or by, I don't know, osmosis or something. She can, I mean, she's there in the story to like help them get to her father who's designed the MacGuffin, right? The like, yeah, right. The MacGuffin, just call it that. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, formula for, uh, processing uranium, um, for world domination, and, right? Yeah, because it's still – it's like 1960. It's just when um, – it's early in the Cold War, basically, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just silly. And every time Henry Cavill is on, on – his character's there, he's super suave and smooth. All, all this kind of – I'm kind of bagging on it, but they were fun. Like I, he did his character exactly, and it was written exactly as it seems to be. It's just very on its nose what he is, right? And he's very smooth and cool, and never, never pressured. And there's one point when he gets drugged, and he's just like, "I'm gonna sit down on the couch, and I'm gonna put a little pillow there because that's super cool." <laughs> um, and they're like, "Yeah, that's nice." And she walks over and kind of like gives him a peck on the cheek or something. And I'm like, of course, this is what would happen to this guy. And the other guy is suffering from. Um, being flying off the anger issues constantly. Um, and at every minute he's playing, I guess the long and short of it is that every character is very one note. They have one thing, one dimensional, and they do it very well. It's not deep. There's not a lot of depth to it. And it just is what it is. And we watch it. So the long and short for me, without going too much further, is that this was a fun film, but, Nothing more than that. It just was fun, and I move on from it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that, um, at all. It's not, you know, it's it's not going to be my go-to. Like, oh, this is a fantastic Guy Ritchie movie. Like, I think, um, I don't know, and maybe this is just because I saw them early enough that I think of them this way. But I think some of his earlier movies like snatch are more memorable mm, lock stock um, yeah and lock stock um where the i mean i don't think i've seen a movie of his that's bad yeah i um, agree i agree you know there's a lot of a lot of style a lot of um you know just really good 
what's the word I'm looking for? Just the vibe, like uh, vibes, a good one. Yeah, he picks his he picks his soundtrack intentionally. You know, he does, right? I mean, it's so much. I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, I feel like every spy or heist movie needs jazz flute. <laughs> just yeah. every scene, there's like this this jamming jazz flute, and I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't catch any of the the lines, the like quotable lines that I feel like his earlier movies have. Maybe that's just the, you know, without the the quirky um, Jason Statham accent, yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Um, what did I see? Oh, that was Letterkenny. I started watching the new season of Letterkenny, and they do their like quick patter you know back and forth yep. with all the lines yeah and somebody i think is the main guy jared kelso uh wayne says some says like why would i buy a caravan without any wheels something it's a, that i think is a quote from snatch no yeah, funny, right like all the funny lines like it's a professional aren't you tyrone of course I am. Of course I am. Um, <laughs> that's really good. Like, yeah, see, that's exactly that's really good. I can look at that. I know what you're saying. I I see that line. I see that actor saying it. Yeah, and I don't know. If, again, I don't know if that's necessarily an indicator of the quality of that movie versus this one, or just the fact that I saw Snatch like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and and so it's more embedded in my in my subconscious. But um, yeah, no, again, I, did, I I think there was that, just better writing in general. You know, maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, even the gentleman had some some smart writing, but uh, and it was th- done after this one. But yeah, it it's okay. I I definitely didn't waste my time watching it. Um, I think it's a. I would recommend it to someone who wants to watch a, a fun little uh, spy movie without much thought, without having to think hard. Like there's there's no twist really. I mean, there's kind there is one little twist. Um, but there's nothing that's you know makes you think, right? So I would if you're right. looking in the mood for that, almost like the feel, but not camp, of a '60s James Bond, but super stylish in the in the um, Guy Ritchie way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. next week, what do you got for us? Uh, something different than that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, something very different from this one. Um, I've had this on my list for a while. Uh, it's a movie called RRR. It is. Does that stand for something? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Um, it's. I think it's Bollywood. It's definitely okay. Indian. Okay. It's an um, Indian one. We've watched a couple, so, couple Indian Bollywood shows before. Yeah. It's. It's. I've. I've seen this, but it's been a year or so now. It's fairly new, but I think it's at least from last year. Um, so I don't mind watching it again. I th- I um, think this got good, uh, good, like thumbs up from a lot of people, right? I barely. Yeah, I think, I don't remember off the top of my head. It was definitely nominated for a bunch of awards. Okay. Um, I don't remember what for sure it won. Maybe just soundtrack for one of the songs. It is a musical. Um, so it's a little bit like, uh, um, Bahubali. I was just going to say, that's, that's our leading show, right? Bahubali's, that's our leading Indian made show film. I think so. It was, it was on our poster. Um, this one is, uh, 
let's see. It's the story is not as like superhero-y as uh-huh. Bahubali was. Um and is a little more uh historical, but but more recent history, like just like pre um independence from Britain kind of thing, I believe. Okay. I think they're still um you know English uh occupation colonizers, colonizers whatever you want to say speaking of that um, which was the yeah. one we watched where there was a cricket team where the the uh, indian people were learning cricket um cuz i liked that one i remember too it had a it had a weird name or i mean not a weird name but the name doesn't um like match what it was or something yeah the name didn't tell me what it was right well, I, I remember that one being pretty good as well at least yeah uh, so it, no, it's good. I uh, I don't know if I would have a steady diet of um, films that come out of India, but I do I enjoy Lagan them. A co- what what was it? Called. What was it? Lagan. Lagan. Yeah. See, I would not have remembered that. No. Right. Uh, but uh, but I do enjoy a good like Bollywood or Indian. There's the, uh, calling Bollywood is a very generic term now. They've got very different kinds of cinema all right. over the place there. So I don't mean to be reductionist in my uh, lame uh, talking about it, but Indian made films, uh, I, you know, I, I really like, I need to have at least one a year in my thing. So this is a good one. <laughs> We've not watched one for a bit. R, 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 like the letter R, right? Like yes. Q, R, S, T. Okay, cool. And we don't know if it's for something like a, a, a shield or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it might be, and I'm just not remembering, but yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay, so as people do at the end of the year or beginning of the year, we talk about last year. We look back, see what we've done. Uh, we watched a lot of films, um, kind of a th- staple of our show, something we enjoy doing, love our media, TV series and such. Uh, but we've done this weekly movie thing. We call it a challenge, modern weekly challenge where we challenge each other to watch films that we may one of us at least one of us hasn't seen before um or to re-review something we haven't seen in a very long time and each week we go back and forth like we did this last week with the man from uncle and next week with rrr uh to you know pick something new you one week me the next then back and forth and finding new films and it's amazing how many films we've watched not just from our you know big movie poster we had but things that you and i have chosen um mm-hmm. and i've been exposed to things like cinema paradiso which i may have never watched before we watched mitchell's versus the machines which is something that we could have missed rear window uh sandlot you know something that maybe we didn't watch that i'm really happy that we've gone back and done this list so this year we had 52 because we haven't missed a, a podcast in what four five years something like that and we have 52 films that we've watched and I put to Dennis that we pick three that we liked and three that we really did not like. Um, cause that happens. Uh, you want to go first? Let's pick a, let's go. Um, let's do just go ahead and give me three top three of your top films that you watched last year that you really enjoyed and glad that you watched. Okay. Uh, we're, we're over six years, by the way. Six six years, okay. Oof, yeah, it's going. It's because it's 
we're in the three hundreds. <laughs> that's right. We're in the that's right. Yeah, I'd count numbers. I did right. double math check is, the math. math is hard. Like, that can't be right. Well, we started in seventeen, so and we're uh-huh. in, it's twenty twenty four. So, so it's even more impressive that how often we can continue to watch new. Yeah, I mean, we films. we're looking over this list before we started, and I'm like, I don't remember that movie yet. I remember watching it, but I can't <laughs> tell you anything about it because it's been a year ago and it was not very memorable. Yeah, there's several that were weren't memorable. Yeah. Um, okay. What, Which shows that we don't we're... always watch the best films, but we'll still watch them anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what are where are we starting? Uh, okay. Uh, give us three films that you watched in this last year of the fifty-two that kind of surprised you. Um, why you would pick those top three of these fifty-two, um, and what made them kind of cool, special, or stand out to you? Okay, um, I had a little bit of a hard time with this because I tried not to pick um, my own picks or at least my own picks that I'd already seen. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I watched Sneakers and it's still great. Oh, yeah, yeah um, sure. Same here. Like Excalibur is not on my list, but I watched that last year. Yeah. I still, I still put Cinderella Man on this list because that was one that you hadn't seen that I was a little bit. I'm like maybe there's something and it was really like I had to really stretch to find anything to even quibble about in that movie yeah I mean um, it was pretty great yeah, I mean it's just I, a, it, it's just a surprising like how I have not seen that film before um, right. me personally it's like it's a Michael film um, so yeah I also want to give you a thumbs up for appreciate showing that I'm exposing that one to me um, the the other the second is and these are in no particular order but um, I also put back to school on the oh, list, uh, which is what's Roddy his name? Dangerfield. Roddy Dangerfield. Um, okay, yeah. It was just a kind of like I don't know. It's not a masterpiece of anything, but you know, I went in expecting like you know just a real dumb kind of airplane caddyshack kind of thing, and it is mostly that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you know, I think. Dangerfield was playing a little bit against his cliche, against his type, um, which was which was clever. And, uh, yeah, it was just a fun kind of uh, surprise there. Um, and, and unlike some of the movies we were talking about earlier, like it has eminently quotable lines, right? And the, the, like the bubble right. scene and, you know, yeah. um, his little one-liners that he shoots out all the time. So, man, I could I, – I love I love that film because now it makes me want to go back and watch it, which I think is – kind of the purpose of these top choices here that mm. I would watch those two again for sure. Um, and I sort of cheated a little bit and put this as Christmas on the list, which is the movie we watched last week. That's um, kind of fair though. Like just cause it's fresh in my mind and in the genre of Christmas romances, um, that one was just really solid. Like we talked about it at length last week. So and a surprise, um, right? Like it was just a surprise. Yeah, that, that was, was so um, like, I mean, I said all this last week, but like in that genre, you either have to um, accept the sincere absurdity of of a movie like um, Love Actually or anything from Hallmark um, or, you know, be in on the joke uh, like with some of the Netflix ones where this one Mm -hmm. was it was sincere while also not being absurd. Um, yeah, which I, agree. I appreciated. I agree, and and so what, as I said a minute ago, it was a, surpri- a surprise that it was like enjoyable on its own, not for mm-hmm. 
you don't have to like say, oh, but it's this and accept it and mm-hmm. realize that. And no, it was no, no, no caveats. No caveats. Yeah. Well, well said. So that's that good on that one. Uh, all right. All so right, let's, what do you got? Let's switch. Let's switch it around here, so we can leave with the, the positives and get the negatives in the middle. Okay. So I'll, I'll do my. I'll sure. do my bottom. How's that first? All right. Um, my my bottom three are going to be. I mean, we watched we watched a lot of films to just you know. I can't remember if that was good or I've not seen that before. Um, sometimes uh, I think one of the hallmark ones we talk about a lot of times is Highlander, where I had such fond memories of it, and then we go back and watch it and realize. Oh man, that's not great. I know people are going to hate on me for that still, but you know we watch them anyway to talk about them. And sometimes they're going to be like this and at the bottom. For me, Rebel Moon can't stand that film. Um, such a disappointment. It wasn't just loss of potential; mm-hmm. it just wasn't good. Um, that was a couple of weeks ago. It's still out and getting some press. I don't know why. It's actually getting not getting great press, <clears throat> like it's justifiably so. Zack Snyder was Zack Snydering all over the place. And did you see, Dennis, yes. that they announced that, oh, he's putting a Zack Snyder cut of Rebel Moon out? It's it's his movie. What did what? And, and he made it on Netflix. Like, did they not? Did Netflix make him trim some shots of I have no idea. the girl riding her not horse uh, from the from the full? Uh, I have whatever, no idea. Whatever. Even worse is that, like, it was so big that he could cut it into two films. And still he's going to be like, I'm, I, there was a lot I didn't say. And there was just rushed and, and excuses, excuses, reasons, reasons. It's honestly the, what I had felt um, about Justice League the same I, way. I, 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 I sometimes mention the uh, uh, Film Sack podcast. Um, mm-hmm. They did an end of year episode where they talked about director's cuts and kind of each of the four of them gave their best and worst, like not really best and worst, but like ones that they liked versus ones they didn't like like aliens has the original and of course blade runner has like yeah. m- multiple th- and they're like okay yeah the theatrical was almost incomprehensible and and this was that's of course they talked about lord of the rings yeah and the extended editions and um all that stuff it was interesting something you might uh enjoy listening to yeah well i'm i can tell you this right now i'm not i'm not jumping out to go see rebel moon the snyder edition i'll tell you that no. Uh, the Snyder cut. Uh, another one is, uh, uh, this one's, it's probably a little controversial cause uh, I'm Mike Meyer is hit or miss for me. So the movie, the film, so I married an ax murderer, uh, like didn't just land for me. I just really did not like it. Uh, but that's controversial because, you know, if, if people are fans of Mike Myers, they're generally rabid fans of Mike Myers or they really like all of his stuff. Um, I'll say, for example, I was never, um, his what's um why am i drawing a blank his austin uh, powers austin power fan uh it was fine it's it's funny and but when i had watched them i was not in the absurd mood and it's obviously meant to be absurd and this one this one was kind of bad for me because like half the time he's playing a straight-laced normal guy and then he bursts into the 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 absurd mike myers stuff and i'm like it didn't fit and it just kind of like I didn't know it was. It felt like a big old mess, and did enjoy it. So for me, so I married an axe murderer. Again, some people love that. I know I've got another friend who thinks it's one of the best things we watch all the time, but just not for me. Final one on my bottom list last year that I watched was Dracula Dead and Living It. Um, 
because it felt like a loss of potential. It's uh, Leslie uh, Nielsen's Nielsen. like lowest film. Felt like almost phoning it in. He was or like he's out of gags. Um, everybody else yeah, in it I've, wasn't funny either. So yeah, I can't I can't disagree with that. I think as we said, and that was my pick. I was like, oh, this is a good. And then when I watched them, and I've not seen, I've not seen every Leslie Nielsen film, nor have I seen every Mel Brooks film. Yeah, I'm like yeah, this is this is neither of their best work. Yeah, so I'm glad you see. I had forgotten Mel Brooks in it too, and I'm glad you did. So like, I don't always just give him total credit for everything he's done because I like most of his stuff. But now that I remember that him right. in there, it's like yeah, he was not great in this either because the story wasn't great, the lines weren't great, the jokes weren't great. Um. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've watched a lot of films um, and many of them, you know, at least 30 percent, if not 40 percent, were forgettable. As we said before, this one wasn't just forgettable. I'll just I'll remember it because those two are great, great, great actors and comedians. And mm -hmm. I'll remember it because they didn't do good here. So right. that's why I'll put it at the bottom. Uh, all right. Move on to your bottom here, Dennis. We got worst three that we've watched in the last 52. Okay. Uh, I also put Rebel Moon on my list. We don't have to rehash that. <laughs> we know why. <laughs> um, I put The Accountant. Uh, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. was the um, Ben Affleck movie where he is autistic, but also super competent. It was like, I think I said this at the time when we talked about it. It's like somebody combined uh, Born Identity with Goodwill Hunting in... Mm -hmm a desperate attempt for Ben Affleck to compete with, uh, um, Matt the other Damon. one, Matt Damon, the, the other one. Um, well, well said. <laughs> and, and has none of the heart or charm of either of those movies. Those are both far better than this. Movie. It was just very yeah. by the numbers. There was never any conflict. There was never any tension. It just, here's this guy who's very competent, not super likable, has almost no charisma, a bunch of unnecessary, like not unnecessary, but like unfulfilled things like with the, the, um, I don't want to say chanting, but when he's repeating the Solomon Grundy thing, yeah, right. the, just like, just, just not, not very good. Yeah. I'm um, glad I, I, I'd forgotten a lot about that. And as you started talking about it, I was like, oh yeah, that thing is full of just like <laughs> nonsense. Again, There's again, yeah. again, it's the weird thing where like, there's a, there's a whole list of movies in the middle here that were not bad enough or good enough to be memorable um and then some of some of what we remember are are the bad yeah. and then um even though there are probably better things i could have put in this third slot than this i put space camp in here um because i watched it as a kid i remember it being really good and then i you know we watch it for the show and there's just so many like you know production issues big massive i kept getting hung up on like the the shuttle is not where space camp is right <laughs> like mm -hmm. they're in completely different states um and so i'm like how could no this isn't none of this is right like even <laughs> before you get into the like like this is a movie for kids and even with that there's so much um, absurdity and just terrible writing um, and all of those things that I was like, yeah, this doesn't um, even more so than Little Giants that we watched last year that I think is 
probably fine, but doesn't hold up uh, to my memory in the same way as other kid movies we watched, like um, Heavyweights or um, there's yeah. probably some others in there. Uh, but, I, I I will respond to that by saying you shut your dirty mouth about that film. No, <laughs> uh, the, no, uh, I. Uh, I can't disagree with you on all those things. Like that, that's kind of the worst part about it. I, I do love space camp. Um, but everything you said is right. And when you watch it again, and I think I still gave it a positive review for, for fun. Um, but it, that's laced heavily in my own nostalgia. Um, I was, I'm almost the exact age of walking Phoenix. So I was that kid's age when I watched this film in, um, full Star Wars and NASA and space mode at that age. Right. So this right. one totally hit me right at the right thing. Uh, but when you watch it as an adult in your 40s um, and you have some, you know, understanding of stuff, all the things, Dennis, you just said, of course, yes. I, I can't disagree with putting it at the bottom of the list and I totally see why. I would never put it at the bottom of the list because I still want to, you know, love send Max to space. Um and, yeah, and I mean it's, the robot. it's but yes, probably right. better than Zathura that we watched, <laughs> or or Battleship. Sure, um, but no, I mean you've got good, you got a good reason why it's there, and and, yeah. and I can't disagree it, with it. It's just because like I put it on the list, and I'm like, oh, this this doesn't hold up to what I remember. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. All right, so ending in a positive note, top my top three. Let's see what you think of these ones. Um, I watched Roman Holiday. This is probably one that's uh, an unfair addition to the list um, because, uh, you know, I, I'm a, fan, a fanboy. You have, you have a massive crush on Audrey Hepburn. Oh, love her so much. Understandably so. So much. Uh, so, and I love it. And I, and I had never seen it before. And she's Audreying the whole time. And I'm just like giddy with like, oh, you're so cute. Um, so, and I, and I, I did. I, I love Roman Holiday. Um, and I'll watch it again because, because I love her work. Um, the, the other two, I'm actually really happy to put these on my top ones and, and they, I would share them with other people for sure. Um, one of them is the world's fastest Indian. Um, it's got, uh, Odin in it, you know, people who, who don't know Odin or, or, uh, uh, the, that, that, that evil guy from Hannibal Lecter, um, science lambs. Um, why am I blanking? <laughs> sir. Like, o- Odin is your, and I can't, uh. Odin's Thor's dad. It's uh, uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're blanking on the actor's name. Anthony Hopkins. I'm like <laughs> that's your that's your Anthony Hopkins uh, reference is Odin <laughs> yeah, from exactly uh, from Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that'd be fun. Um, yeah, no, the, the guy's a legend, right? Like a legend in film and cinema. And I'm, I'm like, although I mean, world's fastest up. Indian is in his uh, in his I'm to be known for alongside Silence of the Lambs, Nixon, and Hitchcock. And where not, he played not Thor Nixon what, what? and Hitchcock. No, no, <laughs> no. <it's not>. Uh, <laughs> world's fastest Indian. Just a surprise. I can't remember. I think this is yeah. This was on my list. I can't remember how I even came across it. I think I'm pretty sure. Oh wait, I'm pretty sure it was a TikTok clip that I had seen. Um, surprise, surprise. I get a lot of movie clips in my TikTok. Um, okay. And and I think I saw this one and just was really surprised. Very happy. I love his character. Um, very much like you said with the Cinderella man, um, surprised that it's, I hadn't known about this and that it's my kind of film. Um, and I, I love Anthony Hopkins performance and his character. And then he kind of feels like he inspires the cast as he's making this film. Yeah. It's one of those, um, uh, 
based on a true story that's just you know it's just nice it's just good it's it, it's a little disjointed and, and random in the way that mm-hmm. real yeah. life is disjointed and random agree and yeah just he goes on this journey he does this thing and that's it it does it's no more no less no more no less and anthony hopkins just did he made the, the the film good not that it's like legendary but it was good so i would recommend that to people who've like oh, give me give me a film that you haven't i haven't heard of or seen that i'd i'd like go watch the world's fastest indian it's pretty it's a pretty good time mm-hmm. uh, and the last one is kind of a little surprise because we did a little bit of a spat in the middle was it late in the year i think um where we watched multiple pride and prejudice films um, different versions. We discussed them. We discussed a lot about those. If you're a Pride and Prejudice person and interested in what Dennis and I have to say, go back and check on the show. We've got some uh, few several weeks in a row. We watched several different versions. We watched the Keira Knightley one, which is still probably one of my favorite ones. Uh, we, last year, we also watched the BBC version. And then this one that's in my list, which is a YouTube version. Do you remember the name of the person who who ran this? I can't remember. Uh, so you Ashley could look. Clements. There, there you go. Um, and it's a modern day telling in a, a video vlog. I guess I call it a video blog. Um, yeah, vlog. The, like, the series is called The Lizzie Bennett Diaries. There you go. The Lizzie Bennett Diaries. I, I should have actually had the name on there. And uh, just a really good new take on it. But but very true to the original and book in its spirit for every mm-hmm. character, I feel. And I think yeah. – Every character that was in it, the performer, was really channeling their counterparts of the original book um, in a good modern way. In a modern setting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just just a well done thing, and it, it has its it has its cheese romance in the same way the original does. But what makes it good in the original also makes it good here. It has its stereotypes, but depth, and this one has it the same way it does. So I was really surprised. At this one, and it's kind of a heavy lift for people to watch two minute uh, jaunts. And there's like what a hundred of them, so it's it's not a lot, but it seems like it's a lot. But I would mm-hmm. I would still recommend it. Someone says, "Hey, you know, I love Pride and Prejudice. Um, I love Jane Austen stuff. Uh, you know, is, is there some other things like that? Yeah, go go watch this one. It's different. It's not Pride. It's Pride and Prejudice, but it's not what you think it is. Um, and I was happy that I think this was on your list as a recommendation and i'm I'm glad that i got exposed to this one i i watched it as it was airing quote unquote oh that'd be fun that would have been fun yeah it's a it's a kind of hard like a lot of my family love pride and prejudice and i don't know maybe my sister sarah has watched it but like i don't think i could get my mom to watch a youtube pride and prejudice sure (laughs) kind of a, a tough sell but yeah, it's it's fantastic. It, it also had a, you know, as much as I say they're rung true, the characters still have their own space to be new, right? They, mm-hmm. it's not the exact same Lizzie Bennet. It is, but it, there's difference. And and I think of also what's the, um, what's the, it's his best. What's the best friend's name, Mister Bingley. Bingley? Right? Like this was a different take on Mister Bingley. Um, mm-hmm. a little bit, but still very well, much Mr. Bingley. In 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 the YouTube, he's Bing Lee. Bing Lee, right? And Bing and Lee. then the it does have a little bit of uh, some changes for modern type stuff, but not in a what I would say a bad way. Just a logical things that's different. 
So yeah, yeah. There, there are a lot of ways that the changes almost illuminate cultural things from the original that are not quite as apparent as they would have been to a um, Regency reader. Yeah. So definitely put in my top and, and would recommend it to a lot of people. I do like Pride and Prejudice in general. Uh, not everyone would look at me and say that or listen to my, some of my recommendations and say that one. But but I, I have – and it's points that we watch these three. And we watch three very good ones. So for me to put this one in here uh, I think is a good recommendation for people. So good year, yeah, overall. We, like I said we yeah. had some, some doldrums. So we also had some honorable mission, mentions, uh, like A Star is Born, What Dreams May Come – we we didn't we I note Dennis that the room did not make it to our bot either of our bottom lists. What why would you think See, that is? That's one that was uh it was so bad that I feel like we had an interesting conversation about it. And yeah. so I I I can't consider it time wasted, even though it's an atrociously bad film. Um that it's, I, it's I agree. It's so yeah. It's so bad that uh, it, I I won't, I won't say it's good, but um, yeah, def- definitely not a bad. So bad it's good, right? But like I, I right now, as I think about it, like my eyes are just staring into the space, and I blink occasionally. Like, what <laughs> am I seeing? Right? And yeah, I did it's, walk away. With it's like a, what? It's a bad movie that to the right person in the right context, I would watch it again. Just, just to subject someone else to the experience, right? Or, that's that, that's, pro, that's probably why I didn't put it in mind either. Yeah, that it's yeah. it's it, well, like I said, the conversation. There's a conversation to be had, and that's probably why you had selected us to watch it. I think is because it's in so many lists of people's. Yeah, I mean, I'd heard about it in so many contexts from different channels, and I'm like, all right, this there's something here that I'm not that I'm not aware of that I want to. I want to experience. Uh, one last thing, and I'm throwing this at you completely out of left field. So if you like pass and want to take it for later, it's fine. You're Do you crumbling. have something in in all of the stuff we've watched that kind of jumps out for you as man? I never would have watched that, but I'm. It's now part of something that I will always want to watch and talk about. I'll, I'll give you an example. For all the time that we've been watching films in these last six and a half years, I think Twelve Angry Men is something that. I'm so happy that this podcast has brought to me. Um, and yeah, that's I got a really good. That's a really good pick. Um, I Again, I, I know I, I threw it on you, so it's hard, hard I to don't listen. know. That that maybe would have been one of I mean, mine. heck, The there Room could be one like that. That's something totally <laughs> unique from anything we've ever watched, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like there were a couple on the – on the poster that I'm like, wow, I, I never would have even mm. heard of that or, and I don't know. I don't know if they're ones that I would, um, that I would recommend or, or talk about like moonlight or mm-hmm. Marion Max, Marion Max, or, right, yeah. or, um, uh, city, city of God? a city of gods. Um, the one that's the one in, in Brazil, right? In Brazil, yeah. Um, that I'm like, oh, that was that was a rough time. I don't know that I would I would watch it again or or quote unquote subject somebody <laughs> else to it. But um, um, I don't know. I I think um, oh, what was that movie called? 
that we were talking about Indian movies earlier. The three, three idiots. Is that what it's called? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that one. Okay, it's like, a, like um, right. it's like uh, um, Dead Poet Society, but without the like entitled rich kid (laughs) problem um (laughs) that's funny i I forgot i'd forgotten that for a second you know it's because we do watch so many you you can't just keep everything in your brain but no um, of course we we obviously have a a great opportunity that our things are documented we can go back and and get some ideas (laughs) and listen to those things but um yeah it's it's, we've got a great year coming up um i mean we've already got over 12 films each picked um going forward so there's like half of our films already picked for this next year um highlights are for those listening we're gonna watch battlefield earth this year and Waterboy. we've all been eager to watch those right oh <laughs> um rrr which is something that we're going to watch this next week super cool um we've got a couple recommendations like the american astronaut uh killing of the sacred deer brassed off and one of the original much much about dues um much crawl much um, wake about up nothing yep yep knock knock um the barbarians another crazy one and the tourist so oh man clueless is on this list have we not watched clueless I put that on there a long time ago and we've still never watched it. <laughs> we've still not gotten around to watching Clueless. So, uh, well, they, they've got a new reboot of the Mean Girls coming out, I think, this summer. So maybe we'll save it until around that time we can watch Clueless with. Yeah, with the with the girl from the uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Wait, she's in that one? Zendaya's in, in the new Mean no, Girls? No, no. The, the, the blonde who does the, like, school news oh right is with ned in the most or in the middle man i, I, I totally forgot about that i yeah she's, no, she's playing the Lindsay lohan character yeah she was uh she was only in the second one right because she disappeared they didn't show her again like in the third one that came out uh, with, uh you might be right i don't yeah remember. like they went to europe or some kind of thing with that yeah Man, yeah, she's 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 in the first one a little bit, and then you see her a lot in the middle one when they go to Europe. So this is a good time to kind of put that plug if you're listening here and um, got some ideas. Like I said, we've got at least six of our listener recommended stuff, and um, if you've got an idea, send it to where where do they send it to, Dennis? Just uh, front por- porch pod, uh, front porch pod at gmail dot com. Uh, You're going to throw me off if you get me doing my outro stuff. (laughs) I know, right? Doing in the middle here. But yes, send us, you know, send us an email. Just something that that we've got a lot of good breadth here and we've talked a lot of good stuff. But I'm always just amazed at how much cool things that we get to see that I've I've never seen. I want to say your name is another one. Shout out to that that film. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, more recommendations for things that we clearly have missed and just got to give it a chance to see, send us, send us those ideas. All right, Dennis, what, what's, what do we have next for this week? We're going to have a short show. It looks like this week. Um, um let's see. The golden globes were last night. I don't yeah, think I have globes. any comments <laughs> on that. Um, uh, Oppenheimer and poor things ran away with most of the film awards and, succession and you want you uh, watch the, succession do you, do you think it was like all that great film that or series? i mean i i watched the whole thing it was it was very compelling the 
the characters, every, it, it was very compelling considering every last character is unlikable. Like yeah. they're all just incredibly wealthy, uh, incredibly selfish human beings and horrible things happen to them. So you're sort of you got a little schadenfreude going on there, but mm -hmm. then you have different times where you're like, I'm not really rooting for him, but I'd rather he win than he does or something like that. And then, and then it wraps up. There were some of the awards where I'm like, Oh, I mean, that was okay. But like, I don't think that, um, uh, Sarah Snook, whatever her name, who plays the sister, I don't think her performance was better than Bella Ramsey in the last of us. Uh, oh, okay. Which, you know, I mean, every, I, I think that's, I think last of us is going to take more Emmys than golden globes. But when I think back on that show and I'm like, just phenomenal start to finish the acting, the writing, the production. Um, I mean, All right. Like, right. Why what, was that nominated? What, how, how could it not have been nominated for everything? Oh, Man. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Golden Globes is both, and it's more movies than than TV awards, um, where the Emmys are all TV. So I think it'll it'll probably take more Emmys. If it um, if it doesn't, I I lose in my faith in Hollywood nominee people, whatever those awards. <laughs> did Did you have faith in Hollywood award shows before now? Y you know, I come to think of it, no, I did not, Dennis. I, <laughs> Not a single one. I, every year, I I get on here, and oh, we our buddy Fox uh, is you know famous for you know he's got his parties, which you've been to, and I've, I've which seems really cool and fun, and they have they have a great time with it. But um, man, I just like ever since I was young, I've never and watched these awards. The glitz and glamour was cool when I was a kid, watching with my mom, but you know I I ne most of the awards. I never had heard of before. And to this day, right. I still watch them and I didn't know what half of these are. And half of them. Yeah. 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 And, and um, I watch, I consume a lot of media. I mean, it was, but, it was good last year when everything everywhere all at once ran away with it. Yeah. And, uh, Kei Kwan got up there and did his acceptance speech, which oh, was yeah. heartwarming and fantastic. The, the, yeah. Um, there's, I guess there's the occasional thing on that one. Right. But. Right. Broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> um, right. Uh, what else? So you've got that. I, that I got a class. I got a game I played called. I was just randomly picked it. I can't. Well, I didn't randomly pick it up. It's a. It's one of this month's free PlayStation games. Well, not free. When you if you get their PlayStation Plus PlayStation yeah. Plus thing, one of the three games they get you with it, and it's called Nobody Saves the World. Um, they, a lot of times they'll put these games out, and I'm like, man. They just, you know, nobody wants to buy these games. That's why they're giving it to us for free, right? Because they can't sure. make a buck off them anyway. That's what I think oftentimes. And then sometimes it's just because just because I've never heard of it doesn't mean it's good. This is one of those ones that's in the latter where I don't know how I hadn't heard of it. It's really fun. It's super addictive. Um, it's got – I don't know how I'm going to name another unknown game, but – called Costume Quest. It's there's a game called Costume Quest 1 and 2. It's a really fun, lighthearted um kind of cartoon look to it. It's got like it's a Saturday morning cartoon type look, aesthetic. Um anyone listening to this right now should just go a quick Google for 
uh, nobody saves the world to see what I'm talking about. But the gameplay is very much has an old school Zelda vibe to it. Um, going around on a map, discovering, you know, you go from um, section to section and you're fighting enemies and you find, oh, look, there's, I can't get across that area. There's a chest over there when I get, well, when I unlock the mermaid costume, I can go across the water and get that cool sword, you know, type stuff. Um, tons of that. It's kind of, it's an action adventure type game, like a, a Legend of Zelda. And I mean, Legend of Zelda, I don't mean the modern days, like Breath of the Wild stuff I'm talking about. Uh, Super Nintendo era, uh, Link to sure. the Past type things. Um, and it has just a ton of what I was just like describing. There's that thing over there I want to get to, but I can't get to it yet until I get some kind of cool rope or boomerang or some kind of cool thing. And it's not it's not too difficult, but still challenging enough where I have to do things. I have to really think about some boss fights and really, you know, do a good thing. But because I am... An, an older person who's played these games before I can sometimes overpower things cause I've done cleared the entire area, which it doesn't expect you to do. And that makes it fun, easy. I never hit a challenge that takes too much where I want to put it down and not come back for a week. Um, and the best thing I can say for a game like this is that I want to play it right now. Like I want to sit down and turn it on and play it again. Um, and I played it, four or five hours for the every day for the last three days. Um, it's, it's that kind of very hook thing. And I also see that I can kind of like Spider-Man and such, I can see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like I know that there's going to be an end to this game, right? I know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but, but sure. sometimes with these really good games, what happens is that you see the end and then they turn it on you and there's a whole, Oh my God, there's a dark world version. So that could still happen. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's light. It's good little anime, cartoon animated kind of type thing to it. Um, by the way, nobody saves the world. That title is because the the primary character has amnesia at the beginning. That's another th- good thing I like about it. It's just straightforward. He's saving the world, and all the characters are like, oh, you're a wizard, and I'm goofy, and I've got this broken wand. It's got a big star on the end of it. So you're like, oh, this is what this kind of fun game is. Um. So, yes, it's free on PlayStation Plus right now. Worth your time. It's not a huge game, so download it, play it. And I would even say you could probably get it on Steam or some other stuff. And worth worth a quick purchase. Uh, you'll, you'll love it. You'll have a fun time with it. And there's just a ton of costumes or, you know, different characters that you play uh, that have their own level up things and their own abilities. And they're all very unique and very fun. Um, so, yeah, thumbs up. To nobody saves the world. Uh, go watch a video, see what you think of it, and you'll, you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, I think that's all we got this week. We're or got a, got our short show happening today uh, out of our end of yep. end of the year. So we yeah, got some I mean, for we, all mankind. We could mention that last. Yeah, episode, I've watched maybe. one more episode, and, and there are one or two left in the season, so we might as well just wait. Yeah, just wait on that. But one, so. uh, yeah, I mean, we recorded late last week and i spent most of the time in between driving so ah, that's true um, yeah you what you can't can't watch films while you're driving or, or play video games dennis what's wrong not, with you not really i've, I've listened to audiobooks but you, sh- you uh, should have played some board games what hey what books what what's uh what's your audiobook right now of choice that you're going through um i am somewhat embarrassingly listening to the a court of thorns thorns and roses series okay. which is all over tiktok 
right now. It's uh it's fantasy romance heavy okay. on the on the relationships and romance and light on the fantasy. Um and I mean it's good if you like that sort of thing. Um it's very uh it's very spicy. The not, not spicy. Good. Oh, I, I the, remember the you talked to me about adult. this. Okay. Uh, I and finishing up still the the last book of um, the Lightbringer series by Brent Weeks. Um, it's okay. It's just the interest. He Brent Weeks is one of my favorite authors, but he did the Night Angel trilogy, my my favorite book series. That's a big say things they have all time. I really really enjoyed it. Um, but it was so popular that people were like dying to get more. Please give us more. And he's like, no, I mm-hmm. I did the thing. I'm going off to a new series. Uh, but it was just like rabid. Right, his fans were going crazy, making tons of m- yeah. money. Chris, yeah. his publishers were saying, "Please give us something," and he did write a little uh, small thing. But I think when he wrote this series, he was following up on the heels of that, and he went too far. He wrote five books; they should have been mm-hmm. three. Uh, and it's just kind of like, I am ready for this to be over. And even in the fifth book, it's like, can we stop dragging things on? You know, we mm-hmm. we really need to see the end here at some point. And I'm about 33%, a third of the way through the book. And I'm like, come on, let's just go through it. So I like it, but just too much. And, but on my queue, I bought this week or what was it last week? Um, I bought my first, I'm trying to look through the list here. Um, um, ah, shoot, uh, Mistborn. I bought Mistborn. Mm. So starting in the Sanderson, Thing. It's actually it's called the Final Empire, is what it, yeah. Right, Final well. Empire is the first first Mistborn. Yeah, those yeah. are that's a good uh, a good trilogy. And if you get through that one, there's a second trilogy that's like five six hundred years later with um that's like Western with pistols and stuff. No, 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 Dennis, you can't do that. That's what every Brandon Sanderson fan does. It's like, well, <laughs> when you watch read that one, now you got to read this one, <laughs> like. Holy! You can't can't I hear mean, it anymore, fans, fanboys. I mean, if you <laughs> yeah, if you like Sanderson, um, that on his podcast, some of the other authors call his books uh, Chihuahua Killers. The, <laughs> okay, the, the mis the Mistborn books are are shorter, but like the well, I shouldn't say his current series because he's simultaneously working on like three series at a time. But his big one, his big high fantasy one, is um, the Stormlight Archive, and those are uh i think at least one of them in the series has the record on audible for being the longest fiction audiobook they're like 40 plus hours wow that's crazy Um, well he uh so if if you if you like his style you'll have enough to read for years and years yeah and Mm -hmm. and obviously he's incredible just all of the stuff he's read and there's not a person who has read his books who hasn't said, ah, yeah, it's fine. Like everybody really passionately right. likes him. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm eager to do that when I'm, you know, I still, uh, I'm a little daunted by his works, but as almost everyone, including you have said, you, they're in bite sized chunks where you can read a series and it completes, right. It's, and then you go to read another series and it completes, but it's still in the same world and such, which is uh, fun for me to, to think about. Um, the the I'll tell you what the best thing that helped me start with this series and actually say a go with it is on his own website he has a page called if you want to get started with my books here's how what I recommend reading 
you know, how, mm-hmm. how I write. And like he says, read this one and then this one and then this one and that'll get you started. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, this is the order he wants you to read them in. Yeah. And, and he even nice. says, like, why? Like, hey, I started in my, being in my things, but this is the characters that's kind of leaning off into the world. I was young, but you can see my, my writing style start here. And I'm like, that's cool. That's that's pretty awesome. And so you're kind of – he wants you to read to see his evolution of a, as a writer and the way his characters and stories develop, which should be like take me along for the ride and made me think, okay, I can start this. Um, yeah. I got, I got an audible a- credit. He has a middle grade series called Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians that I think um, Pat and I recommended to Nathan mm-hmm. um, because it's, you know, they're middle grade, right? Which is uh, between kids books and YA. Yeah. Um, and he has at least one. Mistborn is a little YA at the beginning. Um I but like YA. I, Don't knock any Harry Potter books. No. Yeah, the the characters are are mostly adults, um, and it's a good. I think yeah, that would be my like. I think Trotsky has read those. Like you know, that's sort of the universal. I think for me, I probably started with his, um, uh, last three ish books in the Wheel of Time series, right? Because he picked it up after yeah. um yeah um Robert Jordan passed. And then after that was like, oh, I should check this guy out. And I think I started with Mistborn as well and then have gone uh, back and read most. I've not read all of the Alcatraz books, and there are a couple of new ones that I haven't read yet. But um, I've read most of his published stuff. Very cool. Yeah. And and like you said, if I like it, I'm happy. to. For me, the amount of books he has isn't overwhelming because it's not one big story. Like, say wheel of time or um the game of thrones stuff i actually feel right. like i if i like it i can stop or I, if i don't like it i can stop and be fine with my story or there's a wealth of great other things that that i can continue on with which i really like in a lot of things you know expandability i guess yeah yeah for sure very, very cool all right i think that's all we got man and we keep pulling things up we'll just keep talking forever it's, it's you and me that's what that's what we'll do what we'll do uh, yep all right. Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 331. Thanks, as always, to our friends at LRM Online. Uh, you can check them out for reviews on things. If you want to reach out to us and suggest movies we should put on our list for 2024, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there to reach out to us. I will also put show notes to whatever games and things we talked about that I can link for you all. Uh, and you can find them there. If you enjoy The Front Porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you'd leave us a favorable review, we always appreciate that. It helps out in those algorithms. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.